Welcome to the ATM Podcast, where we discuss all the latest news in the football world. We dive into budgets, transfers, interesting fixtures, while sprinkling in just a little bit of salacious player news too. Episodes are uploaded every Tuesday and Thursday and are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at the ATM Podcast. We are also available on YouTube, where we will be posting episode segments and other bonus content. We hope you guys enjoy our podcast. Drop us a like, even a review. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the ATM podcast. I am going to only be joined by Tabang today. Our Bakwe is in Durban on a sports tour. It's hockey, right, TB? Or is it soccer? Nah, I thought, I thought it's like a family thing. Now some of the hockey guys are here. I uh, I even spoke to oh yes it is hockey. Yeah, now you're right about that. It is hockey. I so, see now on the status. So let's just wish him luck and hope things go well for him. Um Hell yeah. and then on another note, our end of seasons awards episode. Is gonna be out later this week. There's just some stuff we need to iron out, so keep your eyes keep your eyes peeled for that. And then we've got an interesting episode lined up today, and we're gonna kick it off with what I'm going to call the farce of 2023, which is banana banana, and there are five no thrashing at the hands of Botswana. So, for context, Banyana Banyana are in a dispute with Safa. How it started was that they refused to play at Sakane Stadium against Botswana because they felt that Botswana are inferior opposition to them and they didn't like the Sakane Stadium pitch. There have also been reports that they aren't happy with the payment structures for the FIFA World Cup, the women's one, just to note that. And there's been no agreements on how much they're going to get for qualifying for the tournament. Basically, a bonus dispute. So as a result of this, the main team refused to play. Desiree Ellis, the South African women's coach, had to get a team of basically nobodies, no no disrespect, that had to come in and play the game against Botswana on short notice because Safa wanted to honor the fixture and didn't want a no-show because it would be embarrassing. And then subsequently that team proceeded to get thrashed by Botswana 5-0. And now basically Safa and the woman are trying to resolve this pay issue as well as some other stuff so that's pretty much it i will say though that a representative from safa did say that there was no other stadium available that's why they chose sakane stadium and i will also say that when i saw that pitch like oh my god that pitch is ugly guys yo it's not fit for purpose i don't think even under Underage teams play on such a pitch. I don't even think school children 
will play on such a pitch. So I can understand why they didn't want to play on that pitch. But this isn't a good advert for South African football. And if I'm not mistaken, the Women's World Cup is in two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. How do you feel about the yeah. situation, TB? Dude, I'm not, I'm not even going to lie to you. When I, saw, when I saw how that stadium looked, that was just ridiculous, bro. They spent... Abs- so they, they were willing to risk the players getting injuries and, po- and possible other uh, um, complications just so that just so that they didn't have to spend money on a stadium. You you got to understand there. So Banyana wanted um they wanted one of the World Cup uh, one of the stadiums used for the World Cup. But obviously when when to organize to organize the stadium so late, it's going to cost you even more money. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what that's what ultimately gave them that decision because that's a lie when they say eh, no they wouldn't any other stadiums available. Moses Mabida was empty. It was empty. So, I mean, you know, they they just should have said, we didn't want to spend money on the venue. We didn't want to spend money on any, any of the sponsorship components like signage, the right to the event, um, use of the trademarks and logos, you know, just things like that, right? They didn't want to spend money on advertising, none of that. So, it's not the best way to send the best team in Africa, you know, away to the World Cup. And part of the reason for the complaint was also uh, the dispute over over bonuses that they are supposed to be receiving at the World Cup. You know, just um, I think the bonuses are per game. So Safa just felt like the demands were ridiculous. But this isn't, this isn't new, man. You know, um, Nigeria had the same issue. Uh, Canada had the same issue where their football federations also didn't felt like the 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 demands were excessive. So you know, when it comes to women's sport, hopefully there there's gonna be uh, a bridge in that gap when it comes to that, because Banyana did ask for I believe a reported half a million rand per game, um, and that's and that's gonna be added on to what FIFA is gonna pay the teams at the World Cup. So each team, each of the 32 countries that qualified for the World Cup will be getting at least $1.5 million, um, bumping the total prize pool to $152 million, which is more than three times what was offered four years ago. That means each player will be receiving $30,000 and the winning team of the World Cup um, the players will be receiving two hundred and seventy thousand dollars. That's, yo, that's 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 very good money. I'm not gonna lie to you, but that's that money is coming from FIFA. It's not coming from Safa. And you know, on Safa's end, I think it's stingy, man, because I don't know if you're aware. Do you know the budget for the Department of Sports, Arts, and Culture, right? So, so during the periods of 2023 to 2026, right? The total estimated budget is gonna be around eighteen is gonna be around eighteen point nine billion. And this includes a baseline increase of twenty six point four million for cost of living adjustments, which is <laughs> your bruh. That that that's just ridiculous. So I mean you're supposed to 
you you're supposed to have the money man i mean we 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 talking about more than 18 billion rand you know so on safa's end you know it it comes across a bit stingy but they are not the only federation doing these sort of things um you know like as i mentioned you have the canadian football federation doing the same thing nigeria doing the same thing so yeah man hopefully there'll be a bridge in that gap but for banyana they deserve more man i mean they they they, they are the champions of africa and you should be sending them away in a better way and i mean do you know the left wing i also felt like desri ellis she should have possibly boycotted the game because the fitness coach didn't arrive if you if you don't know she didn't arrive the players did a- arrive to the the original team did arrive to the venue at half past 11 which was the time they were supposed to arrive because apparently um you know the department of of of, of sports arts and culture i mean and safa were saying that hey these women don't want to play they came to the stadium um showing showing the trying to show the people that no that's not true it's not that we don't want to play we just want our demands to be met and they were being denied entry even though the stadium was was free to the public so people could just go show up to the stadium without buying a ticket for free they didn't want the they didn't want the ladies there but panyaza lesufi was there who is the premier and he eventually gave access to the to the banyana banyana team they ended up watching the game uh Desiree Ellis just looked she looked very angry she she didn't bark out instructions as she usually does um some of her staff weren't there um she had to coach a team who were just assembled on the day so she didn't have any knowledge about a lot of the players i mean the winger was 13 years old which <laughs> and that was the the chick was playing left wing and i mean man you know it was just chaos bro it was just chaos and you know on that end i can i can't believe that we assembled a a team just because just because the first team's demands couldn't be met uh, i think it's a it's a joke and i don't think the the demands of the bonuses were far stretched i mean they could have definitely came to agreement with them and you know there's going to have to be a agreement before they leave to the world cup that's the sad thing are you going to send the same team to the World Cup that just lost five north against Botswana. I mean, you know, you got to also look at I that and say, hey, Brian, that's possible. Oh, the players I, already registered. I don't think they can send that team that lost so, five. No, not because not because they'll only get battered, but I mean, a thirteen-year-old going to that sort of World Cup. Imagine, I think, bro. I think the it's embarrassment ridiculous. for Safa dog will be too much. And I mean, already, exactly. like I saw a lot of criticism for Danny Jordan, lots of calls for him to be like, basically like, yo, Danny Jordan, what you're doing is nonsense. Please, it's time for you to be fired and new blood to come. Amen. And think about it. Even Pizzo Musimani was, was vocal about Danny Jordan's exit. You know, I was shocked when when he got voted back into his position. Actually, what am I saying? I wasn't shocked because we all know we all know 
uh, what happens what happens in the shadows of course i'm not gonna bring up any of those accusations because you we could be liable for them but hey man we know what goes on we know what goes on it's nothing the a word tb just say the a word and you'll be safe (laughs) (laughs) all right let's just let's just avoid it we'll say it's not ethical but um yeah man you know at the end of the day at the end of the day um when it comes to when it comes to the respect of the of the women's team it's got to be there it's got to be there because i mean they they currently the best performing national team in the country you know so you you got to have a little bit more respect for them um safpu was there as well you know they were not they 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 made sure to voice their opinions at the game and they were even more angry at the security trying to deny the the first team access into the into the stands so i mean just just that man it's it's just it's just ridiculous the chaos shouldn't have been there the girls arrived at the right time um they were going to play the game regardless of their demands not being met by the way but of course safa had to had to show the iron first they had to be like no this is this is what we want you guys are not going to dictate what we do here what we do you should be happy about whatever we do so i uh, i don't think their their demands on the on the bonuses will be met but you know maybe 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 they'll they'll get somewhere close to that figure maybe around 380,000 rand per game and also man look if they did pay the ladies um half a million half a million rand um for all those 23 players right the total fee the total fee would be 11.6 million rand and i mean for for the sports we're talking about the department of sports arts and culture dealing with more than 18.6 billion rand you know that money is there and it's available it's not that that money isn't there it's there and they don't want to negotiate on these on on that uh, um on that money for you know reasons that we 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 are not aware of but you know hopefully as time goes we will find more and more out because there are journalists that that speak on these matters um so hopefully as time goes forward we will figure out more and more out about it uh just to close out There is only one way they are going to have to agree on the bonuses because this is a black mark for Safa. They have not come out of this looking good at all. I mean even if the bonuses issue didn't come out because at first we thought it was just a pitch issue. They were still getting a lot of criticism yeah. because as we've both said Sakane Stadium that pitch is shit. that pitch is shit it was horrible man and let's be honest i don't want it to turn into a whole gender thing but it is going to come to that the yeah. guys in bafana have never played on such a nonsense pitch let's be honest <laughs> they've never played <laughs> on such a bad pitch in the country like let's be honest and, and they never will and they never will so It's also like you have said before it's also a respect thing. 
I think the the Botswana thing. <laughs> I did see that report. I did mention it earlier, but I'm sort of thinking now because I also saw a YouTube clip from the spokesperson that I referenced. They defended Botswana as a choice by mentioning that Botswana knocked the girls out of one of the Olympic qualifiers. I don't remember which year it was. But I think that was just a def- I think it's just a what's the word I'm looking for? A deflection like tactic to make yeah. the girls look bad. And then in terms yeah, of the true. bonuses, I think they will just the girls aren't gonna get that money. But like you said, they'll probably have to come to a sort of compromise because the World Cup isn't far. And we don't want to embarrass ourselves on the world stage. Like, I remember, I know it's a tangent. I'm, rem- I'm actually reminded of the one time when we thought Bafana Bafana now were going to Rio. We were dancing, <laughs> only to find we're not going to Rio. So, hey man, that was disappointing. Time. Not disappointing. It was embarrassing, dude. Very embarrassing. <laughs> so yeah. there's that. But honestly, if there's anything that needs to come out of this, hopefully Danny Jordan gets fired. That's all I'm hoping for. <laughs> okay. So on to the next point. It's on a more it's a more serious matter actually. It's just a shame our Bakwe couldn't be with us to discuss this matter. So Paris Saint Germain coach Christophe Gaultier is now out here facing remarks over alleged racism. So what's happening now is that Gaultier is gonna go on trial in December as a result of alleged racism and Islamophobia, basically. So last Mm. week, Friday, he was arrested and taken in for questioning following an investigation that French police launched in April. And now he's going to be in trial December 15th before a court in Nice. So he's been charged with moral harassment and discrimination on the grounds of actual or supposed membership or non-membership of a particular ethnic group. Alleged race or religion, Nice's public prosecutor, Xavier Bonhom said. So now, (laughs) there was a leaked email, this is dating back from his time at Nice, that Gaultier complained that there were too many black and Muslim players in the squad and complained that Aside from the black players, all the Muslim players are going to the mosque on Friday. So now, at the time when this story was first breaking out, because it's not something new, basically Gaultier did what everybody does in this sort of thing, who don't want to take responsibility. He denied it. And then he even filed a defamation lawsuit against two sports journalists and the former sporting director at Nice, Julian Fournier, who actually at the time, I think it was last year, even said that 
If I had to go into the reasons why me and Christoph Gaultier had a falling out, he will not be allowed to work anywhere in a locker room. So, yeah, that's where we're at. His son has also been questioned and has denied all wrongdoing. So, they both say they're innocent and they're not racist. So, that is where we're at. Ah, uh, this is very damning for Gaultier because now you're basically being accused of being racist. Your former sporting director has kind of thrown you under the bus with the comments he made, especially now that you've been charged with racism and Islamophobia, to keep a long story short. So... Because he's a public figure, there has been talks of jail time, but personally, I think this is going to drag and drag and drag, and I don't think he'll see jail time. Worst case scenario, he gets a fine, and he never works in the top flight as a manager again. I don't think he sees jail time. Hey man, honestly, I, I, I think this whole story is just ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Because, look, you you mentioned that uh, when this first happened, it was at Nice, right? Yes. So, so PSG knew um, from his time uh, from Nice that this information came out. They probably were aware of it and I think I think I think they 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 shoved it, they've shoved it underground for a reason, bro, because there's always gonna be cover ups, especially when it comes to people, um, like like uh, Christopher, so, you know, the cover ups are just ridiculous, bro. If and also, I don't think you should be protecting these sort of people who say, who who have the nerve to say, hey, all these players they just black. And half of them are Muslim, so they're not here because they're at mosque. So, I mean, how how can that come out of your mouth? And then you think, and you think otherwise. And you see what I hate about racists in the West. Because, you know, here in South Africa, a racist will, will just be to your face. You let it be known. You know what I'm saying? So it's not harder to dissect because at least this guy is making, he's, he's showing you how he feels about you and what he thinks about you. There, there, it's like they'll say some slick things and then when you confront them, no, I didn't say that. You know, so it's it's hard to tackle racism when when you're dealing with that. So I'm not I'm not shocked that it it's taken so much time for this information to come down. Um but I don't think as you mentioned, I don't think he'll face jail time. But his his uh, um his reputation will definitely be tarnished, and I think it would be tough for. And I don't think any top flight club will be will be willing to take the fire that comes with him joining your club. I don't think they will. I think he'll be blackballed just for that re- reason. I don't think they care about him being racist. I think they just care more about the public's perception of him. It, it but that's business. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we see it in all sorts of industries, whether it's football, whether it's the music industry. 
you know, racist, racist will work as long as this information doesn't come out. You know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if two weeks later we find out someone else, um, some another coach mentions things similar. And I think, um, I think where, 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 where the story really caught him is that right now there's some riots happening in France over a killing of a, of an Algerian, um, teenager who got shot at, at, uh, by the police. Um, he didn't have any weapons in the car, but, yeah, they ended up shooting him still because he tried to drive away. But you know, so right now it's 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 pretty it's pretty hot when it comes to um the talk on racism. And you and that's that's part of the reason why I think maybe maybe there's gonna be a bit more seriousness taken when it comes to um this coach's case because he'll he'll be used as the example. I, I believe. I think he'll be used as an example. I don't so I actually take back what I said is maybe maybe he won't see any justice. Who knows? I think I think he might just be made an example and I wouldn't be shocked at that. And that's not the that's not gonna be a great permanent solution because if you care about this, you gotta exercise it daily in the league. You know, you gotta exercise these sort of things, these sort of and you gotta teach them, and it's a, uh, and it's something you gotta bring up as regularly as you can, to show people how much you care about these sort of instances. But we'll see um, how how the case goes, and what happens to him, and then what's more important, what happens after he gets convicted, or whatever the case is. What what's gonna happen afterwards with regards to trying to protect the players in the league. Okay, fair enough. Um, I will say, though, that from my research and my understanding, PSG were aware of the accusations because this is something that's been brewing for a while. It's public knowledge that when Gaultier yeah. left Nice, there were a lot of issues between him and Fournier. So no one knew what was the issues were until it became public knowledge around i think this the issue came out the whole racism thing last year the investigation has been going on for a while so psg definitely were aware they did have a conversation with Gaultier about it they probably didn't think it would be a problem but mm. it is becoming a problem now and considering how the season has ended and now this is an issue, it would probably be very easy for them to say, okay, Christoph, we're giving you the sack. Bye-bye. And then I don't think it's related to that case that you mentioned of the 17-year-old because Christoph Gaultier, like I mentioned before, he was questioned in April about this thing. And that France killing happened sometime last week and now he's going to be on trial in December and I really don't think he'll be used as an example because I've realized a lot of, over the years that I know we talk a lot about how like America is racist and all of that but uh, guys France 
France is also very racist, so... Very, man. And I do not think... Go ahead. Now I'm saying, man, uh, racism is definitely an issue in France, man. Um, We have a lot of... We have a lot of people from Mozambique, Congo, uh, who go to that country saying that, you know, they, they experience that sort of thing on a daily, even even people from Algeria, you know, um, more Muslim type countries. So, I mean, if you, for me personally, nah, I, I, by, by the way, I'm happy that you mentioned that PSG were aware of the, of the information because it just goes to say with what I was trying to mention, man, you know, if you're going to show people UK, you got to actually show them UK. You can't, you can't know this type of information and then still hire him. You know what I'm saying? So, because now you haven't thought of how the players are going to feel about it. And if you look at PSG, how many black players do they have there? Many. So they got to deal with, they got to deal with a coach who just came from another team having said these type of things. And they've got to look at him in the eye, be professional. And then, you know, when things, when PSG don't win the Champions League, they looked at, as divas, they're like, oh, these guys, they're getting paid so much that their attitudes just stink. You know what I'm saying? But they, but then you realize there's actually more to it. There's a reason why their attitudes are probably like that. It's because there's more to it, you know? So it's it's just sad, bruh. But hopefully hopefully in the future, they, they show people that they really care, including their their own players and, and other staff members. I will say, though, the club may have been aware of the situation, but I very much doubt that the players were. So I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Do you have any other closing thoughts before we move on to the next segment? No, I think think we covered everything. Okay. Uh, All right. On to the Manchester United news. Uh, the Mason Mount deal is all but done. It's a 55 million euro deal with 5 million in add-ons. He's already completed his medical. And the announcement should be made sometime later this week. To be honest, I don't really care for this signing. When we <laughs> sign players from Chelsea, they don't always tend to work out. Juan Mata, mm-hmm. uh, after some mm-hmm. bright sparks, that's bright sparks, sorry, <laughs> wasn't an unqualified success. Nemanja mm-hmm. Matic, only one good season, then the rest of his time wasn't really anything of note. So I yeah. am a bit skeptical about the signing. I think there have been obviously other positions that we really need like a backup number six because we know Casemiro Casemiro is going to get red carded and a fucking goalkeeper. But from what I've read, it seems that what attracted Ten Hag to Mason Mount was his basically the pressing, the ability to read a game, and he feels that Mason Mount is going to suit the system. Now, how do you fit him in is another story. You can play him out wide, 
but it seems that his best position is as a central midfield player or as a 10. But he does play wide. Maybe he can play there for Sancho. Yeah. But Or for Anthony, your boy, because Marvelous Marcus has the one wing on lock. But I'm not really that excited for the signing, really. He's also coming off a very poor season, which is not all his fault, but I really find it hard to get excited about this signing. Same here. Same here, man. Um, you know, before before I get to the, the transfer itself, man, I just got a question to ask you. Out of these three management people um, in Manchester United, uh, John Murta, the director of football, Darren Fletcher, the technical director, and Andy O'Boyle, the sports coordinator. Which one of them decided to um, lay out the contract the way they, they've laid it out? Are you talking about the how we're paying the thing? Man, I, I'm 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 speaking specifically on the wage. Again, you know, uh, Manchester United's negotiation strategy, bruh, it's it's a joke. It's honestly a joke, and you could see, man. Um, so so do you know Mason Mount made apparently to Chelsea fans. He made it apparent that hey, no, I love this club. You know, I don't want I I, I don't want to leave this club. He left the club for money. Let's be honest. He left the club. And I thought it was around 250000 which which would level him with, with Anthony. And I think Rashford is reportedly, when he, when he, when he signs, will be earning about £320,000 a week. Which, man, how do we... I think to myself, how do we afford this? And why are we? Why do we keep doing this, man? Because it's just ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? It, it it's honestly ridiculous, man. And we paid sixty million for a player who doesn't even fit a positional need, really. But hey, man, if he works out, I'll be the first one to say, hey, um, I take back what I said. I'm happy that he worked out. But I really, I'm, 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 I'm still pissed off, man, because. Out of every position, we possibly should have gotten a a a better a, a a keeper, a new keeper, or another CDM, and definitely a striker. Because the way it's looking now is that Rashford is going to play up top. Because, and I'm really mad at also one thing, right? So I don't know if you're aware of uh, Fabrizio Rabano. He, he released the list of. Manchester United players that might be um, sold off. And the two players who didn't make the list, right, was McTominay and um, and Anthony Martial. I'm quite disappointed in the Martial one, especially because he's just not available for us. He's, he's really not available for us. So I already know for a fact Rashford probably will, will be playing that position for... A lot for a lot of time this season, man. And we might have Mason on the left if Sancho can't pick up on form. But we do have some bright spots in Ganacho to look forward to. Anthony's got to step up his game because he's going to be crucial. 
And if he doesn't, you know, I already think there's 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 probably the majority of Manchester United fans who are pissed off at him. So another subpar season for a guy that's nearly getting three hundred grand a week, and that cost us nearly a hundred million. You know, you you're gonna look you're gonna look at our at Manchester United's management and think, what the hell were you guys thinking? You know, because. The reality is, when it comes to Anthony, we were the only team that were in for him. We were really, literally the only team that were in for him. And, we, and we've and we overpaid because these guys didn't know who else to go out and look for. I, I And I can tell you, Diaby would have cost us less than, than Anthony. And he probably would have been a better fit. But it just goes to show you, man... <sighs> The people, the people who go out scouting these players, they really don't do a good job because they probably showed our coach a list of players which he was like, man, how are these guys supposed to help the way I play? You know, you've, you've, you've absolutely, you've, you've known I was coming to the club for about five months and you still bring me this, this stupid list of players that I should go out Get, that that you guys are planning to go out and get, you know what I'm saying. So, man, I, I you know, looking at what we've done, I, I really don't know what's going to happen this season for us. You know, I'm I'm quite skeptical, but hopefully, Mason Mount works out. I will say though, because there are two, there is a point I disagree with. With the Anthony thing, you're right, we overpaid, but Ten Hag wanted him. So if Anthony fails, I don't think you can blame the club for that. I think you have to blame the coach because, look, sometimes, yes, the Glazers do do crap and our sporting management and our squad planning isn't great. But Anthony is a player that the coach has wanted and who the coach has stuck by and has defended. So I do think Ten Hag has to take some blame if that no, signing sure. doesn't work out. And then to come to Mason Mount, look, man, with Mason Mount, it's a different situation because this is a guy who's won player of the year twice for Chelsea. He's also a Champions League winner. And he's paid, I think he was paid less than other players who weren't performing to the level he was. Someone like Akai Havertz, as well as I think even Aubameyang was getting more money than him. And even Kepa got more money than him. So sometimes if you don't feel like the offer, what you offered is nice, you're going to go somewhere else. And I think he genuinely did want to stay, but he wanted an offer that suited him. So, like, it's like a thing where if you had a job and you feel an offer is insulting, you're going to go. Although, to counter that point, one could say, like, his performances this year have weakened his bargaining power, one could say. But that's what I think on the Mount thing. I'm not sure if it will work out, but I'm just explaining some of the reasoning behind how he felt. So that's pretty much it. But I don't think no, it's going to be... What were you going to say? No, 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 no. Um, You, you can you can finish up. Sorry, man. 
I'm just hoping that Mount isn't the big, big marquee name because we really, I'm really concerned about the defensive midfield spot because Casemiro is gonna get red carded. I know I'm a, I sound like a broken record because I like saying that on multiple episodes, but I genuinely feel that way and I am concerned about that. And then the other issue is, like you said, the striker, because Martial cannot stay fit. And we're probably going to have to overpay for Hoyland because he's the one we're getting linked to a lot. And then just as one last thing, just to come on Diaby, I don't think Diaby would have been cheaper. I think Leverkusen rate him highly and they also value him highly. So I think we would have had to pay between 100 to 120 million because that's just the way the market goes. His value is still very high. So those are my thoughts. Anything else on your end? Well, that's that's fair enough. But um, I will say, though, oh, coming to Hoyland, sorry, uh, sorry to, to stretch this talk, but... Yo, man, I think what Atalanta's asking is ridiculous. Be- especially for a striker who, who didn't even score 10 goals. You know what I'm saying? So if Balogun just came off a 21-goal season and, and Atalanta's asking for, is it 60 mil? I think it's 60 mil that 70. they're asking for. 70, 70. million. If, they are, if they're asking that much for Hoyland, right? Then it means Balogun's worth 150 million because that's just ridiculous. They, they, they. But I think it also has to do with. Um, I don't think Atalanta have have replacements in mind. I think they really wanted to see how Oiland is going to go. He still has four years on his deal. So, yeah, man. When you have talent, you want to keep them. And also, when it comes to Manchester United, you know, you know. Um, when it comes to negotiations, Manchester United's not the best. We just we end up overpaying majority of the time. Since since the Glazers took over, we've we we literally always end up overpaying. So I think that's where that price comes from. Because look, remember how much they how much Arsenal wanted for term I mean how much Ajax wanted for Timber from us. They they were looking at sixty five to seventy five million for Timber, right? Arsenal's about to get him for between the prices of thirty-five million to forty-five million. So it it says a lot. It says a lot. We've we've got a lot of work to do, with especially when we look at our management stru- structure. Um, I think, I think Darren Fletcher cannot be a technical director anymore. Uh, Andy O'Boyle shouldn't be a sports coordinator and John Murta should maybe F off back to Everton. But uh, obviously, I don't think that's going to happen. So, yeah, it's just going to go. I think the struggles are just going to go on and the protests will go on as well. Yeah, fair enough. I will say, though, I think any time you're a Premier League club, you're always going to have to pay inflated costs because clubs know we have money. And to bring it back to Mason Mount, I saw this point made by multiple journalists on Twitter where United, like you said, have this reputation of overpaying for players. 
like and the journalist suggested i don't remember his name now that to united should have just drawn a line in the sand to say okay in the past we would overpay for players but that stops now let's walk away from this deal and people always referenced city as an example where they thought that okay we want this player but we don't want to overpay for them they did that with Nate not Nathan they did that with Harry Maguire they did that with Virgil van Dijk and the last notable example is they did that with Alexis Sanchez now one might say that Virgil van Dijk really did well for Liverpool and helped them win a league title but honestly i would say city walking away from that deal in particular didn't do them any harm so i think united because of how much we paid for mount yes we got the price down but with them walking away from the mason mount deal if they did that i think we would have been able to now start to repair that reputation of this club doesn't used to overpay but now they don't overpay especially when you also consider that we could have signed Moises Caicedo for 4.5 million but we passed up on that opportunity and then we also could have signed Julian Alvarez my beef with south americans aside so we've got a lot of repairing to do in terms of our reputation and how we negotiate for players so mason mount if you're listening to this please man break that chelsea curse man one matter was a two time player of the year came to us and it was basically a 5 or 6 out of 10 Nemanja Matić came to us and he only had one good season. I will also say TB, I know you don't think that he really fills the need in the squad, but I think he's going to come for if not Eriksen's spot, I think he's going to take a lot of Eriksen's minutes off of him because Eriksen yeah, is old. That. there are periods where eriksen fades out of game so i can see eriksen playing a lot less this this season so that's just yeah. something to watch out for now that's fair that's fair i think we can get to the next topic then with that said um so we're going to talk about some recent comments that gary neville has made regarding the Saudi Arabian league you know um he feels that they should be banned because they've been accused because the Saudi Arabian league have been accused of sports washing by him um yeah with that said man how do you how do you feel on these these comments that he that he made tv you're not giving them the full context my man i saw those quotes and i know the knee jerk reaction was to always say that gary neville was the english media was being racist and what neville said was being ridiculous but he was saying that because of really just the chelsea case because chelsea now the the club the group that owns newcastle the pif 
are also involved with Todd Bowley, who obviously owns Chelsea, and the PIF own a lot of clubs in Saudi Arabia, who now Chelsea are using as an opportunity through their links via Bowley with PIF yeah. to now sell a lot of their unwanted assets like N'Golo Conte, Edward Mendy, and they were always in a rush to sell these players before the 30th because Chelsea wanted to get rid of their bloated squad. So they sold Koulibaly, like I mentioned. I mean, Mendy. Then they sold yeah. Koulibaly. They've let Ungolo Kante go. So I think it was because of that, really. Because even you have said that what's happening with Chelsea and the players going to Saudi Arabia, you have said that's dodgy. Yeah, you have no, it is dodgy. It is dodgy. I'm not going to lie. So so I think that's a form of not even sports washing more. It's not anything to do with sports washing. It's more to do with, can I say money laundering or fraud? Or basically bending the rules? I could could say that you could say they're bending the rules because effectively they're not really spending any money to get these guys out. They're just sending them to... (laughs) clubs that are already in communication with Chelsea, which is pretty much fraud because it's not like the public investment fund is spending any money to get these guys out of the team. You know, it's more like, yo, Mandy, I need you. Do you want to come to, do you want to come to Saudi Arabia, man? We're going to throw a big bag at you. You know, you'll have all these luxuries and And then Mandy was like, okay, let's do it. And then they went to Lukaku. Lukaku was like, no, I'm good. I want to stay in Europe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it is dodgy. But then again, I, you are right on this I just one. Wanna, I just want to clarify yeah, yeah. again. The reason Neville was upset is because Bowley has links to the PIF. So I just wanted to clarify that aspect again for the audience. So yeah, it is very dodgy in the PIF Chelsea case. And other than that, that's pretty much it. And then we're going to come to the sports washing thing. But before I say that, how do you feel about the Chelsea and PIF links? Okay, man. Of course, of course, you got you to gotta look at it as a form of corruption as well, man. Because have you also, have you also seen that article regarding Ruben Neves possibly being loaned from is uh is the club that he's going to call Al Alil, Al Hilal, something like I that. I don't know how to pronounce so, it. I, I saw that yeah, article but, where it was like, but is that club affiliated with the PIF? Yes, remember they have four clubs. I think it's 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 Al Ahi, it's Al Alil, it's the team that Ronaldo plays for Al Nasir, and then there's one more that I can't remember. So there's about four teams. So yeah, these teams are, are are connected with the public investment fund. Um so what they wanted to do, they wanted to they wanted they, they bought Ruben Neves. So now what they want to yeah. do is they want to load him out to Newcastle, which gives Newcastle a pretty stacked midfield if you look at it, man. I mean with the addition of Sandro Tonali, Bruno Guimares having played very well last season and now them possibly getting Ruben Neves to to form that 
that midfield three. <laughs> Dude, it just it just looks ridiculous. It puts other teams at a disadvantage. I know it's the Premier League, but hey, man, you know you you can't be doing that sort of things, um, especially knowing, especially looking at the links. So with that regard, okay, I can agree with Gary Neville, and I didn't do him justice because, of course, I've already I've, I've already accused him without giving the full context. He has also stated that. It's not that he says that that we shouldn't accept money from Saudi Arabia or accept money from Russia or anything like that. He's saying international money is good, but it needs to be regulated and it needs to be monitored because all these transactions can be bended. They, they you know, you can you can bend it and you can manipulate it just by doing these sort of acts. You know, especially if you linked with people from the public investment fund it makes it much easier to get rid of all these players because look how look look at look at how many players Chelsea was able to clear off their books putting them in much better financial situations man I don't think I think they in a better financial situation than Manchester United now you could you could possibly argue that because they've gotten rid of quite a lot of players but yeah, in that in that instant, Gary Neville, I apologize. I didn't do you justice. So, yeah, I'll take back what I said. I was wrong. So with that, with that, I think you were very right when you when you speak on, um, you know, this international links needing to be monitored and so that the rules aren't aren't manipulated and everything, so that we can even the playing ground for all these teams that spend all this money and effort um, into growing their football clubs. Let's, we, we got to even the ground as much as we can. Oh, TB admitting you were wrong. Fair play. But I know you've been very outspoken about the whole sports washing thing. So take it away. Listen. Take it away. Listen. Before I start, nah, you said sports washing is 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 what a government does, you know, in order to basically burnish the the the, the bad reputation associated with that with that country, right? Nope, it's actually not. Let me give you the let me give you the definition of it. So, sports washing is the use of an athletic event by an individual. Or government, or a co- or a corporation, or another group to promote or burnish the individual's or group's reputation, especially amid controversy or scandal. You know what I'm saying. So, with that said, man, you 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 gotta look at it. So, to bring context to to the listeners, right? So, Munash and I were arguing about sports washing related to the, the the public investment fund, aka the Saudi Arabians, right? So me personally I'm not I'm not happy with all the attention that's put on to all the Saudi Arabians wrongdoing. Not that not that I'm trying to say that we should look the other way. I'm not trying to say that. I'm trying to say if you are going to if you are going to look at them and 
say all these bad things. And I hate English media for this because they'll only push out the wrongdoings of of all the Qatari or the Saudi Arabian owners, like whether it's Manchester City's ownership or PSG's ownership or even Newcastle's ownership. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like I just feel like the attention shouldn't solely be focused on them because we've seen other examples of sports washing committed by other Premier League football clubs. And I feel like people research more on the Saudi Arabians' wrongdoings and they push out that information, you know. But they don't wanna may they don't want the public to know about what other clubs may be doing. Like, look, I'll give you an example. Okay. So Here's some of the cleaner clubs in England. So, right. So, we have we have Arsenal, right? We have Fly Emirates, right? So, do you know Fly Emirates contributes to over 2% of the global greenhouse gas emissions? You know, what, what do you have to say about that, of examples of like that? Or even Roman Ibramovich of Chelsea, you know, let's bring him up. So Roman Ibramovich, okay, was a Russian tycoon, okay. So Roman Ibramovich, of course, got scrutiny over the, over the uh, his links with the with the Russian government. So they've pretty much they've pretty much kicked him out of the Premier League without him making a single dime. He he couldn't profit off of the sale. Or of Chelsea, so they they were willing to accept this money when he came in, knowing his links. So now, as soon as the war starts, now you want to drive him out and say, "Hey, you guys are, are are messed up and everything." But we got to talk about all the other clubs as well, man. There's there's Arsenal, like I mentioned. You have other clubs like Inter Milan, who also who also have dirty sponsors. You know, just things like that, man. You know, it, it can't just fly over. It just it can't just fly over your head. You know what I'm saying? And then you only focus on the Saudi Arabians. It actually can't come across as racism. And let me tell you something. People will probably defend that narrative, the racism narrative. And that's what they, I wouldn't be shocked if they do push that out. But of course, that's what people do when they pushed against uh, when, when their backs are against the wall, you know. As I said, though, I'm not trying to soften the blow on on these clubs' wrongdoings. Hell no. Um, all clubs should be judged the same, and all clubs should f- face the same uh, the same penalties for um, their efforts of sports washing. That's that's honestly how I feel. I feel like both sides should be punished, and they shouldn't be. Uh, a centered focus on one group of people. So that's what I got to say. Okay, TB. So my rebuttal to that is, okay, let's start with your definition. The reason a state being bad, being the worst for sports washing is because, A, states basically, with in terms of Saudi Arabia, they do things, okay, we all know about how they treat LGBTQ people, how they order executions of prisoners and all of that jazz. So that's the issue with that. 
Like, and then I'm going to compare it to United to bring it to that. We all don't like the Glazers. And it's been documented, well-documented, how they never should have taken over United. But the Glazers aren't out here ordering executions and killing people. So that's the first part in terms of the definition. In regards to Arsenal and the Fly Emirates thing, to be honest, my man, you could have picked a better example because, look, man, greenhouse gases, that's like saying, okay, I drive my car, it, because of the gas it exhumes, I'm going to buy Arsenal to clean my image. I will say, though, you could have used a better example because they are the sleeve sponsor if I'm okay. not mistaken, is sponsored by this Rwandan company that's also associated with atrocities. And they've also, Arsenal have also received criticism for that sleeve sponsorship. So I don't really think it's a race thing. And I also mentioned the fact that us to bring it to a more local level when we were off air, I said that, look, we when we had the World Cup, we got a lot of criticism saying we should never have hosted this World Cup. It was dodgy. It was corrupt. And then to bring it to another group of people in 2014, when Brazil had this World Cup, there was a lot of issues around that World Cup. People saying, no, this World Cup shouldn't be happening. Well, mostly from the people. So maybe it's not the best example because our people are poor. And then there were also issues and criticisms around Russia saying maybe they shouldn't host the World Cup because of Putin's issues around, I think at the time he was annexing Crimea, if I'm not mistaken. Do you remember if it was around that time? Just to confirm. Yeah, I think it was around that time. I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, I think it was, but it, so, it was definitely in, in the time frame. So around those times, Russia also, there were, and there were also issues around their, their Olympics and their cheating scandals and their doping scandals as well, if I'm not mistaken. Definitely yeah, the doping yeah. scandal. You do remember especially that. Especially the dope. Yeah, especially the <laughs> doping, man. People, they, they I, I think they weren't even allowed to, compete at the olympics the olympics happened in 2020 ne? or 2019 or was it the I'm same year the world sure. cup no no no, so, no it must have been a year after so i get what you're saying when you're saying that you want everyone to be treated fairly in terms of the criticism but what i will not agree with is the this is racism against the Qataris or the Saudis because look we've gotten criticism for it our World Cup and we're black there's always been criticism towards the Glazers how they've been saying that they should never have owned United and they are white you've seen all the protests we can document as well previous protests when they were about to take over so that criticism has been there with the russians with their world cup we saw that people were against it 
and there were also accusations of sports washing there. So I do hear what you're saying, but I will not agree with this is racism against the Saudis or the Qataris. So that's my two cents you know, on it. You, you know what? If you put it that way, that you make a lot of sense. Okay, I think maybe that racism is a little bit extreme because it's not like it's not like other people don't get criticized for their sports washing efforts. But I definitely think there shouldn't be a centered uh, a, a opinion and, and a centered media push like we've seen. Like we see in the BBC do, or even Sky Sports, man, you know. Um, but I think I I think there's definitely, as you mentioned, I I I think yeah, there's definitely a focus on all sports washing, and and yeah, I can believe you on that end. You know, it's probably worse that that a state's doing it because um, they they do much more extreme sort of things in their countries, like the executions of of prisoners and and the LGBTQ rights, um, you know, you know them them pretty much, pretty much dismissing LGBTQ, not trying to, uh, not trying to make have any sort of awareness for it. So yeah, man. But that just goes with their culture, and and you know, um, and we know the Saudis are, are high, will will hide. A lot of the dirty things that they do, but as I said, man, I definitely do agree. It's probably worse from from that a state is doing it. And also, to take all the politics out of it, if we have listeners that are one of those, eh, I don't want politics, even though that would be stupid. Like, if a state is involved in football. Like, already there's inequality, but we've seen it in League One when a state is involved. And we're starting to see it in the the Premier League as well. Maybe not to a bad extent, but in France, we know PSG is definitely guaranteed a league title in 9 out of 10 seasons. There are cases where they don't win it, but they always go in as the favorites. And now in England... We're at a point where City are starting to become favorites every season because yeah. both both teams are states. So if you want to take out all the political stuff, you could just say states being involved, they distort the competition. That's fair play because your city is making an absolute mockery of, of the league right now. They definitely look like they're making the Premier League or Farmers League. Is is that the fourth championship that they've, the fourth Premier League title that they've won in like four seasons? I think four and five. Four and five. Four and five. Yeah, no, that's yeah. ridiculous, especially for Premier League standards, man. Like you think <laughs> there would be a mix of winners, especially from that top four. You think United would be there one year, Arsenal would be there, Chelsea will be there, but your city is making a mockery of it. And but to to be fair to City, one thing I can say is that the team's been perfectly constructed. It's not like they, it's not like we've seen gal- like a Galactico level team like we've seen in Spain. 
you know, with the Zidane, David Beckham, R9. You know what I'm saying? That that team was wild, bro. Like, so we haven't seen a Galactico type of team, but yeah, you maybe maybe you could you could put City there, but I mean, man, I think it's down to their coaching. To be honest, I really do think it's down to their coaching of why they're so successful. Nah, that's fair. And to also be f- and to add on. I will say though what will what could make us a farmers league in terms of city is that city have a lot of money and they're spending it properly I mean PSG there've been times where they've bottled league titles and they don't spend the money smart I mean they're out here doing another rebuild and also I think in the Premier League, there have been periods of domination. There were periods where United were dominant. There were periods where Liverpool was dominant. So I do wonder how long the City dominance will last. Some say that it will last as long as Pep is there. I don't know. I'm, yeah. What is more interesting for me is what their succession plan is after Guardiola is gone. That would yeah, be really you know, interesting. And you know, twenty twenty five, you know, you 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 end up blinking, and then it's twenty twenty five. So I really, I really wonder. But City seem like they've, like they always have the next plan in place. I mean, you know, other coaches have been very successful as well, just like Manuel Pellegrini, and then who did they have before him again? I think it was a. Um, was it Mancini, I think? Yeah, Roberto Mancini. So you know they so they can do they was a mixed bag though. Pellegrini was mixed. <laughs> but there look, was some good is, and bad. But look, the so our some of our coaches can't say they got a Premier League trophy. You know what I'm saying? Some of our coaches can't say that. You know, that we've had and when um, and I'll give you examples. Um, Louis van Gaal doesn't have one. Uh, Mourinho doesn't have one. So, I mean, you know, you measure success on, on, on the trophies that you win at the end of the day. So, you could say mixed bag, but I mean, he, he won the biggest trophy in England, man. So, you know, he was as successful as he could be. You know, it, it uh, of course, it couldn't stretch as long as as pep but he was he was pretty successful man at the end of the day he was he was pretty successful yeah i suppose that's fair i guess we'll just have to watch the space uh well that wraps it up for today's episode guys um like i said before our end of season show will be up Later in the week, in that episode, it's me, Lal, and Albaque. There was just some stuff we needed to sort out with that episode, but it will be out later this week. Sorry again for the long hatches. We just had some stuff we needed to sort out. I love you guys, and I'm Munashi Kirimi, signing off. <laughs>